I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Open your saddlebag and spill its contents onto the sidewalk. For what purpose, Jim? (laughs) To enjoy... Jules and Jim's Joyride. Well, if you're all seated comfortably... I am. (laughs) Good. Well, our guest today entered our recording van like a gentle summer breeze tenderly caressing a field of wheat. (laughs) Yes, like like an early morning delivery of soft bread. Yes. Are, are you interested? I am. Intrigued? I am. I agree with you. Everything Our you guest said. today is the most magnificent Lolia Adifopi. Hiya. Lolly. Very nice to have Thanks you here. For I nearly me. called you Lodi. <laughs> Lodi. It's, a, it's, a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> I love that name. I'm going to call my next child Lolly, I think. Mm. Yeah. It's a good name for a child or a pet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or a friend. Or a friend or a, yeah, or a human being, yeah. <laughs> So um, this is very vaguely about transport we chat, but before mm-hmm. you came here... It's just... getting even more vague, really, isn't <laughs> it? It is. I mean, it's so tenuous, the link between any form of transport. It started and... off, we were talking to the guests about lorries and so forth, <laughs> and now it's lollies. <laughs> Lorry out of paper, yeah. But, um, but we were talking before that, just, just you came, about um, uh, what we were having for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I was, as an example of the sort of thing that was like unacceptable to a lot of people, I said like sugars on on your potato. Mm. And you said, oh, I quite like the sound Sounds of that. Sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. Any other? Any? What's your? What would be your? If I if we could get, rustle up any dish for you now, what would you like us to bring you? Um, I quite like a sort of bacon French toast, mm. sweet and mm. salty. Oh kind of situation I yeah. could probably eat that at any time of day yes. that's quite an American approach, mm. isn't it? Although the Americans do tend to put sugar on. Everything. Sugar yeah. and salt. Yeah. A lot of sugar. But I don't like sweet and salty popcorn. No, Because that's do I. just sort of dry. But when it's, you know, bacon y and some wet bread, that's oh, quite nice. Oh, <laughs> oh, lovely. But are the American breakfasts. Now let's talk about American breakfasts because <laughs> that, that you do tend to get. I ordered some um, pickled fish mm. in Times Square. Well, hold on a minute. Can I just, can we just stop you there? <laughs> I don't think that sounds. I'm, I don't know about you. Have you had breakfast in America, Lolly? Uh, I think I've had brunch in America. Mm, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm imagining pancakes <laughs> yeah. and all of that, or, or, or eggs over easy, not pickled herrings. And yeah, what, no, what time is this as well? It was about 9am. 9, 9 wow. But mm. pickled herrings, yes, but I got 27. I counted <gasps> them and separated them on the plate <laughs> just to make sure I wasn't seeing things. But 27. And I thought, that's just too many pickled herrings, and I do like pickled herrings. In (laughs) fact, when I was on uh, a ferry going from, I think, maybe Sweden to Denmark, I had the best breakfast ever, which was a lot of different types of pickled herrings. I don't think I ever had herring. 
Oh, it's quite. I, I'm quite fond of a herring. I feel like I really would like it. Yeah, I yeah. get jars of them in the supermarket. Mm. And how about? Are you a traveller? Because we do vaguely talk about travel. Do you enjoy travelling? I travel for work and not much else. But I feel like that is kind of my travelling because I get to like reap the rewards of seeing the world and not having to organise it myself. Are you Someone a, else organises it. Are you a it. tourist? Would you, if you were say you were filming in um, Paris, would you go sure. and see the sites? If I was in Paris, yes, because I've been to Paris before. And so I'm like slightly confident that I can walk around and know a few words. Um, but I feel like if I was in a country I'd never been, I would be a lot shyer. Hmm. And Or if someone else was there who could guide me around, I'd be up for it. But I don't have the impetus to like just look it up myself. And, buy, yeah. buy the guide. I mean, yeah. I used to, when I was on tour, I used to buy guidebooks for every city in mm, advance. That's such a good idea. Uh, well, yes, except that my suitcase was so heavy because it would have all these books. <laughs> Nowadays, it's all on your phone. Yeah, exactly. You can just go to your yeah, phone yeah. and like, what's of interest, sites of interest, and yeah. I'm scurrying around the museums, you know, popping up the monuments, looking at the views. Yeah. Do you drive? I don't drive, yeah, but not... I grew up in London, so... You don't need to. Don't, don't need, to. need to. But yeah. you know, you said, do you get a bit shy when you... Like, for instance, if you're in Paris, mm. shy of not getting the language right? Yeah, not in Paris, because I obviously did GCSE French, I got no star, but if so I... So you can speak French? Else, yeah, a little bit. Because what I tend to do is I'll get into a, a taxi, and I'm trying to ingratiate myself and be nice to the, the French taxi yeah. driver, so I'll say, Le Tour Eiffel, s'il vous plaît or Le Musée d'Orsay, s'il vous plaît. And then what I find is then they'll reply to me believing that I can speak French and I can't understand a word. Sure, yeah. Or sometimes you'll say it in French and then they'll reply in English because they think that your French is so bad. That That's right, it. and they're just trying to show you what a dirt you are. Yeah. I was in a car attacks with my father when I was 14, the first time I'd been abroad in Paris. And my father was trying to do the same thing, have nice chats in French because he could French. Oh, monsieur, like, uh, like yeah, I don't know what he was saying. Things like the weather's nice in Paris, or whatever it was. Mm. And we got to this little sort of cafe where we were going to have our dinner. And, and, the, and then the taxi driver turned to him and in English said, I think monsieur's better off using his mouth for eating than he is for speaking. Wow. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> and how about uh, showbiz journey? Where did you start? When did you first realise that you thought that, that sort of you were acting and things like that might be something that you would be... Um, I think when I was a teenager, I wanted to be an actress because I watched lots of British comedy when I was younger um, and would do lots of impressions of the stuff that I'd watched or just like come into school the next day and repeat all of the jokes from watching like Peep Show the night before. Um, and there, But didn't know like how to do it or like how what route to go down. And then went to university, wanted to go to Cambridge Footlights, didn't get into Cambridge because I couldn't do that. And wanted to go to Lambda, but didn't get into Lambda. So then I was just like, I have no idea how you do this. But I went to Edinburgh and did the Fringe. And then I was like, okay, I feel like this is probably a route that you can go down that doesn't take like four years and loads and loads of money. Although it kind of does. But then started doing live comedy instead, which is kind of a better route, I think, because you can just churn out yourself and you don't have to wait for someone else to give you the opportunity. That's how you started, isn't it, really? Just going to a pub, turning up and... Turning up, yeah. yeah, yeah. Being. Turned up and... and, and turned on yeah <laughs> so but then you ended up acting yeah so then I got an agent from doing live comedy so it was a comedy agent who also did acting and then started doing auditions and then just started and what was the first the first audition I think was well, I also did an audition for a musical very early on and I did the like scripted reading part and then she didn't ask me to sing the song <laughs> and I was like okay oh 
Oh, it's so hurtful when that yeah, ends. Yeah. We don't know. That's that's enough, and you haven't even got going. Yeah, yeah. The best songs. bit is coming. No, no. It's the, we really we've seen enough. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Going back, so you don't drive anywhere. Don't drive. You walk. No. I walk or I get the bus. Do you cycle? Roller skate? No, I should though. I feel like if if I could do those things, it would make my life a lot easier. Roller skating <laughs> is a is a is a good thing. To, you don't see yeah. that many people. On it. When I was a kid, everyone got roller skates, and there were those little like a piece of metal with some leather on them. That you, did you ever have them? Um, I saw I saw people that had them. <laughs> it just I, you know, and I admired them from afar, but realised it wasn't something I would be able to do. Yeah, I quite like off. the bus though. The bus I feel um, like sorts me out. It's, uh, you can, do, you, do you find that you get? I would think there's a certain amount of poetic or, or artistic inspiration on the bus. Do you yeah, find yeah. What do you, who do you see? Do you watch any characters that you see on the bus? Yeah, there's always you know someone shouting, arguing with the driver. The driver giving some sass back. There's there's so many characters on the bus, and also yeah, like sitting on top of the bus, getting the top seat, pretending you're driving the bus. There's yeah, so like much that. you can do. With you mean the bus. Sit, do you mean you mean get sitting at the top seat at the front so you can yeah. pretend to drive? I like doing yeah, that. yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 And I don't get car sick on a bus for some reason, even though I get car sick in a normal car. Are the bus conductors still? Or is it, it's all computerised now, isn't it? When did you last? Hail the bus? <laughs> Sometimes was... you do get people coming on, and sort of. Checking that everything's okay. Maybe but that not, is the not conductor. With, no, that's, um, that's inspectors, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's an inspector. Not a bus yeah. conductor with his little uh, iron machine. <laughs> I like the trouble with buses. I think I don't know where you stand on this lolly. Is this mm. that they're old buses? And I'm not a big person for nostalgia. There's lots. Of, there's lots in the present day that's much better than it was before. But the old buses had nicer lighting. They had sort of a mm. golden sort of light, so everybody looked, and they had a gloss cream painted ceiling so everybody looked quite nice yeah but yeah. now the modern buses have this very harsh detention center lighting yeah and and, and nobody looks their best floor. yeah yes everybody yeah. looks they're, they're, yeah they're not designed to make people look very nice yeah that's true have you met anybody interesting on the bus i don't think i have there was once when i think i was maybe like 20 and me and my friends were going to i think we we're going to fabric or like some kind of nightclub and um we were chatting to other people on the bus not necessarily making friends but chatting and these people offered us a cigarette because they were smoking at the back of the bus and I smoked a cigarette on the bus was that allowed? no no. I think it's the scariest thing I've ever done. Well, that is... Uh, is that, that the is... Most, most outrageous thing you've ever done? Yes, had a side on the back of the bus. And, but I'm so... But, uh, but shared with our vast audience yeah. this, this secret. If that, the well, police yeah. are listening, please, please yeah. forgive me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to write a letter of apology. Yeah. I remember on buses, you used to get the, the grooves down the middle on the old buses, which are always filled with dog ends. <laughs> that was the good old days, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> If the phone was going to ring mm-hmm. and somebody was going to say, right, this is what we really like you to do and you're going to have to go somewhere, what would it What would it be? I think it would probably be in New York. Oh, yeah. Um, what, to have your herrings like Jim? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 27 yeah. herrings. Yeah. Mm. Um, That's the name of the film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a film noir, I think. Yeah. 27 yeah. herrings. Um, yeah, I guess like a, a film in New York where I play some sort of like interesting mysterious woman that feels like vague enough that I'd yeah. be like yeah I'm doing that write that down and we'll <laughs> yeah. send it off yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, interesting mysterious yeah. woman in yeah. New York yeah, yeah okay. and it's yeah. called 27 herrings <laughs> make yeah, exactly. that what you will <laughs> yeah. except you know a lot of things when it's supposed to be in New York now are filmed in Manchester yeah and yeah Glasgow. and Glasgow yeah yeah, yeah. They apparently, I was, I was in Helsinki not long ago, uh, and if of course it is um, in the free west, 
but in the 1960s whenever because it, it was it's rather brutalist and quite grey disguise there to look at so in the 60s and the 70s whenever they were filming a film that was meant to be set behind the iron curtain as it was then they used to go to Helsinki and in the end the people of Helsinki got sick of it for having their town used wow. as a sort of a portrayal of what it's like gloomy behind the iron curtain because yeah, they yeah. said well, we're not there and it's quite nice here really mm. but yeah so and I then, walked so around then the tourist industry went right down the pan after that yes exactly yeah but why would you want to go would you want to go to New York because you wanted to be in New York and film or just because you think that would be a good drop backdrop for the 27 herrings um, both mm. I think the first one though um, I feel like LA is just too far away have you filmed there in LA I filmed in Oregon. What did you do there? Oregon was a, sh- a show called Trail, yeah, in Portland. That's where it's set because I've seen it. Yeah, it looks yeah. fantastic. That show. Yeah. See now, there's an example. See that show. The background mm. is as much part of it. Yeah, because it's such extra huge hills and mountains. Yeah, and, but yeah. It's like a. It's like a sort of a. A, a, a travelogue of, 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 of this unbelievable place. That's yeah, where it yeah. is, Portland, Oregon. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you do what I do, which is whenever, and maybe I'll ask this to both of you, but whenever I go anywhere, I imagine for five minutes I'm going to live, uh, what, it's, what it would be yes. like to live there. And I just think, I think, well, I could live in that house. Oh, no, I wouldn't like to live in that house. Yeah. And then, in fact, I, and I imagine what my life will be. I there. do that the whole time I'm there, I think. Well, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do. Oh, I'm pleased you do that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, do you, like me, do you eventually conclude it would actually be really inconvenient to live <laughs> thousands of miles from home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you go through the whole process. Yeah, right? like if I had to, I guess I would live there and not there. Yeah. I do it in London, to be fair. When I'm walking around London, I oh, go, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'd live in that. I wouldn't live in that house. And then you see someone coming out of it and you're yeah. like, so I'd, I wouldn't live in your house. Yeah, but. exactly. Well, because you know, look, look at the traffic. And that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right next to the bus. Well, when you see him coming out of the house, you could always break in and have a, you know, just <laughs> yeah. see, see how it feels. Break, for in, break in and have a little live. Yeah, just live there for half an hour. And, you know, no, it's not as good as I thought. Yeah, yeah. Are you keen on London? Do you walk around London much? Yeah, I love London. I feel like I'll never live anywhere else. Mm. I say that now and then who knows what will happen. But. What bit, where did you grow up in London? I grew up in Sutton, which yes. people think is not London, but it is London. It's Zone 5, London. Yeah. Uh, it's got red buses and, yeah, London Borough of Sutton. Is that near Hampton Court? Yeah, kind of. I went to Nonsuch High School for Girls, which is like Nonsuch Palace. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's all kind of tied in That's together. That's a great name, Nonsuch Girls School for Girls. People think it's made up. Nonsuch School for Girls. Yeah. That is a great name. Yeah, yeah. What was the boys' school called? There wasn't a boys' school, never. weirdly. Didn't have, <laughs> never, ever. They didn't have boys in Sutton. Have you ever been there? I have, actually. Yes. I said that in quite a boastful way. Yes, I've been to Sutton. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm not fine. as common as you think. <laughs> My friend, Neville Dickey, ran the Sutton Jazz Club, oh, which cool. was very uh, sort of, it was great, but it was all the elderly jazz musicians mm. would play. Yeah, and it yeah. was a really nice night out and you got yeah. fish and chips and a can of beer and it was nice in the in the Sutton Town Hall or somewhere. No, where was it? It was in a... It's a big sort of hall in Sutton. Yeah, maybe the St Nicholas Might have been, Centre yeah. or Sutton Playhouse, maybe. Mm. There's a few of them. When you were a kid, where did you go on holiday? Um, we went to Paris a few times. Oh, nice. We went to Nigeria, my family Nigerian. Whereabouts? A place called Odogbolu in Nigeria, yeah. And what was that like as a holiday place? Wasn't it? And what sort of age were you? Uh, I guess like spread out from... Maybe like 10 to 20, we went like every few years to Nigeria. But I mean, it wasn't, I guess for like my parents, it wasn't really a holiday. It was more like just coming home and seeing family. But I think the the time I remember like was when I was like 20. And I think we hadn't been there for like four years, maybe. So I'd kind of forgotten the culture shock that I had the last time I went. And driving in Nigeria is really mad. And I think everyone in Nigeria has kind of gotten used to it. But when you go, you're like, 
this is absolutely nuts and everyone's going to die even though they don't how does but, that, how does that manifest itself what you if you arrive at the airport as a taxi man on the wrong side of the road and all that yeah there's like they have like people on motorbikes who like taxi motorbikes as well but it's just like the like the roads are bumpy and everyone just seems to know how to like weave in and out but when you're used to like regular london traffic it just seems insane that there's any kind of rule um and there was once when me and my dad were in the back of a car and a driver was taking us to my granddad's house and it felt like a film it felt like i could see a lorry coming from the left hand side of the car straight towards us and we were moving quite slowly oh. and i was just like we're gonna die <laughs> why is no one screaming and then we just it was fine and yeah, we just like but, zipped through but that's you're, you're right there you identified that thing of if, if like suddenly something's some it's coming towards the vehicle you're yeah. in the back but for some reason, you think it might be rude to say anything. Exactly, yeah. I didn't say a word. <laughs> like, we might have looked at each other right, and yeah. just sort of like yeah. gave each other yes. a little smile. Rather be sort of like, rather be crushed by this oncoming lorry than yeah. embarrass us all by yeah. saying something. Excuse me. Yes. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was um, in Cairo once, and I think it was probably a f- like fall. It was like the like the M1, and uh, and traffic was dr- like maniacs driving like in and out of each other all mm. over the place, and a fella was com- cutting through all the traffic quite slowly, pushing a pram. No. Oh, my god! Across, Imagine pushing a pram across the M1. That's exactly what it was like, except it was worse because the drivers were just cutting in and out of yeah. lanes and everything. Sure. Wow. And so you went to, and, and went to Paris. What did mm. you do in Paris? What sort of age were you when you went to Paris? I think I was about nine the first time I went to Paris. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, my strongest memory of going to Paris is that I had asthma and... Up until then, I'd just worn... Like, my parents had put me in loads of layers because they were like, she needs to keep warm. And well, that... you can never have enough layers. We all know that. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. And um, and so when I was, like, doing PE at school, I would have, like, long-sleeved tops underneath my PE kit and I felt really embarrassed. And then, like, the day before we went to Paris, um, they found out that I had asthma and I just got an inhaler. I didn't have to wear long sleeve tops anymore. So I just remember, like, running around Paris in, like... T-shirts and vest tops and being like, oh, this no. is the most incredible city in the world. How lovely! And, <laughs> yeah. did, you, and did your did your f- f- parents speak French? Did you speak? Did you have a little girl speak? Um, I think my parents spoke a bit of French. My brother was doing French at school, so I think he was quite good at French. I then did French at school, but I think at the time when I was there, I probably knew like bonjour and the rest of it. And did you, <laughs> and did you imagine living there? Yeah, I went again actually, maybe five years ago, and I went to a music festival, and I was like, wow. This, I could definitely live here. I think, like, when you go again, when you're an adult and you do the things that actually you want to do that aren't just, like, touristy things necessarily, like going and seeing music and, like, having a life, the life that you would have if you were there. Yes, if you lived there. Mm. Imelda May came on, on this uh, podcast and she told us that her dad took her and all her, her sort of vast family in his old rover to Paris mm. and they'd never been there and they got they arrived in Paris and they used to camp and so they saw that there was a big sort of green underneath the Eiffel Tower so they just he just got the tent out and camped there and they were woke up woken up by sort of the gendarmes at whenever it was sort of seven o'clock in the morning and sort of oiked off you yeah, know, camp, yeah. just camp here and do that where did you stay when you were in Paris? When I went for the music festival I stayed in this like quite horrible business hotel because it was near the festival Why do you stay at the Georges Saint? <laughs> no, I once uh, stayed at the Plaza Athene <laughs> when it had just been refurbished. <clears throat> yeah. And I was one of the only, and I was like a guinea pig, and I think you got it cheap because, which is one of the grandest hotels, because they just done it, and they're just making sure it's sort of it's full. soft opening, you know. So, 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 so I think, well, just to check 
you know but it was like it was it was so grand that I went with my daughter who was about 12 at the time and we went to have cakes she went to we went to Euro Disney and mm-hmm. I was quite relieved to get to the Plaza Athene and then we went and had cakes and there were literally three uniformed people like with like full footman's outfits and and a white and another one with a white jacket and a bow tie, and one pushes pushes the cake trolley, another one opens the cake trolley, wow. another one gets the, the prongs, and and they sort of offered my daughter which one she wanted. I think she was a bit younger, maybe she was ten or something. Anyway, she reaches out <gasps> to to grab hold of the cake. One a white gloved hand just grabs hold of her wrist, holds it steady like this, and then another hand comes in with some tongs and puts the cake on the plate and then pushes that into her hand on the plate <laughs> and then and then takes her wrist and places it back on her lap with the plate and I thought wow this is if only we had this at home <laughs> this is how yeah, the French certainly know how to live <clears throat> well I, I was at the Bristol once you know the Bristol in Paris oh yes I stayed there once yes very nice well wow. and I was in the lobby and there was a kerfuffle that's all I can call it a <laughs> kerfuffle was happening outside a car had pulled up and there was a lot of screaming and I looked out and it was the Spice Girls who'd got out of a car and realised there was no one there and I think their manager had tried to muster up some people there to scream at them as they got out of the car and there was no one there so I was being what they call a nosy sod (laughs) went out to have a look and I saw them so they all got out and went screaming like Spice Girls do Realised there was no one there, and then Jerry Halliwell said, "Look, look, let's get back in the car and get on the get on the phone, ring the manager, and get this sorted out." And so she said, "Drive round the block again," <gasps> and they'd managed to get about ten people to come wow. and scream at him within that ten minutes of him going round the block again. So they got on and go, "Scream!" So <laughs> the ten people satisfied them, and they went in screaming and pointing <laughs> at things. <laughs> do you do music, Lolly? Are you a musicist? Are you a... Um, I feel like I'm... Secretly, I want to be a musician. I pretend I want to be an actress and a comedian. But So I try and slip in a song into my Edinburgh shows just as a way of trying to be like, no, I am also musically talented yeah. as well. I could see you as a, a flautist. Yeah, I could, I could see myself as a flautist yeah. as well, actually, yeah. I'd love to play the harp. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, wouldn't you know, we all? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, that that, and I think it's got such a lot. You just play the whole, and the atmosphere changes in yeah. the room. So, yeah, you know. incredible. But, but I tell you, the only person, the Solomon Burke, the King of Soul, who was my dear friend, and he sadly no longer with us, he was the only person I knew that always had a harpist with him. 
Wow. He always insisted on having Wherever a Wherever he went. Yes, To accompany his travels. Yeah, to accompany <laughs> his thoughts, his moods, <laughs> his sandwiches, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and in between singing, uh, you know, when your baby leaves you all alone. And he'd have a harpist there. Just in, in, wow. Was it a harp on all the records? Yeah. No, it's, it's, no, it came later. He just handed it in, yeah. I think it's a great thing. To, you don't see too many harpists. Are there no. a lot in Wales, I suspect? Well, that's or is that just a massive generalisation? <laughs> yes, I think it's a bit of a generalisation. But a nice that. one, though. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, and I think that's a different thing, isn't it? That's the folk harp as opposed to the sort mm. of. I was, I, I, I was imagining you, Lolly, if you don't mind me projecting this onto sure. you, with a full size golden angelic, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. angelic, great big sort of, totally. uh, you know, sort of symphony orchestra. Do you know a harpist? I've got a few, yeah, up my sleeve, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, I'm not here to name names, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's a thing that people are really going for. If you go to music school, do, you, do people say uh, the harp's probably quite low down on the list of what yeah, people want to do? Yeah, but I guess do. also access to a harp is what. I suppose that's another. You yeah. can't take that on the train yeah. too easily, can you? Yeah, Double yeah. bass is about max. Yeah, exactly. But a harp, your right, access to a harp. That's what we've got to fight for in schools. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there'd be more angelic children then, wouldn't there? Yeah. Mini harp, I suppose, you know, like... Um, yeah, but we should design a mini harp. I think they... Well, you see, what the, you see them in statues, don't you? Ones, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I wonder if we can practice on those. Harps. Or is that a liar? Uh, mm. Who? Me? Yes. Yes, very good. The other thing is, there's a lot of people who come on the show, who, they work in the world of the arts, in either poetry or music or acting or comedy or whatever the world they, they work in. But they've often got a, a, a hobby that isn't perhaps known to the outer world, which is unrelated to the thing that they do. Do you have mm-hmm. a, a nice hobby that you do quietly at home? I quite like painting. Oh, really? What's yeah. your, what sort of painting do you do? I'm, basically, I'm not a very good painter but I like choosing colours and matching colours together. So I did a painting for my friend. My friend did an exhibition for, um, I think it was for Calm maybe. And I did like a drawing that was kind of a self-portrait, but kind of abstract and a bit, I want to say Van Gogh, but obviously not as good. And I just... Probably better. Probably better, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like made it all multicoloured and lots of different colours. And you do that a lot? I, I did it a bit in lockdown. I haven't really done it since. Now that life's... you didn't go to art school or anything. No, you? no. I wanted to. I did. I did art GCSE and got an A star. Were you good there doing that? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it then. And then I think I just thought, well, I obviously can't do that for my career. Can you remember what you did for your GCSE art? Yeah, I I painted a picture of an electric guitar. <laughs> oh, nice! Did you? Any yeah. anybody's in one? Any did it belong to anybody in particular in your imagining? Um, knowing me, it was probably from Google Images. Probably. Um, but I think I remember thinking that it was a really amazing idea. That'd be a great, that would be a great name for a band, Google Images. Google Images, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd look them up and you'd sort of, wow. Did you, what did you do? Um, i tell you what I did. I did, a, um, I, I did two things. One of the things I did for my, in, my, in art was I made, with my friend, we made a giant packet of number six cigarettes. Wow. We thought that's if we cool. explode something, it would quite because it was this but it was all the charm of it was it was no computer graphics. We sort of painted it. Mm. Um and it so it looked all a bit sort of cheesy. So was it a model? It was like, it was a big model, which probably was probably two foot by three foot maybe. Or that's how I imagine it, but I was a bit smaller then, but not that anyway, but it was a big like a giant packet of cigarettes. We were going to try and make it so the top flipped open you could have giant mm. cigarettes, but he didn't. I can't quite remember. And then we made a tin of 
tizer to go with it, I think, or a tin wow. of something big to go with it, which we made out of a waste paper basket. And we thought that was, we were really pleased with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We didn't really, um, but I don't think you know, anybody wanted it, really. <laughs> no, I wonder, someone, it might be there somewhere now. What, yeah, what yeah. happens to all the art? Well, I don't know. know. What happened to your electric guitar? Yeah. Have you got it? I don't have it, no. Someone's got it. Someone's got it. Someone I, I made um, a model of a Saxon king out of clay, no. and it was so awful. <laughs> I, I spent a long time, and it was just getting worse and worse. So I pummeled it. I beat it to a pulp with a, a stick. And, and it as, a, as an art performance? No, no. I just thought I, I was disgusted with it. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I can't present this, you know, as something that I consider good. So I beat it up. And it turned into something magnificent, wow. but very abstract. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely. I should say, actually, the art teacher said I was talking too much to the person next to me when we were then supposed to be painting something. And he came around and he hit me over the head with a piece of wood and said, more art, less talk. Mm. I thought, that's an interesting that was thought. A, that was wow. a tough one. Yeah. We had a very laid-back yeah. um, art teacher mm. who was um, let us bring records in. Yeah, I was about to say. That's the key, I think. And uh, yeah, he was very free and easy with his mm. his, his comments as well. He used to, and he <laughs> and he said, uh, "I painted this Disney scene at home in my flat the other night." He was quite young, and he said, "Because uh, I, I had a dream that these Disney characters were flying in through my window and like hovering above me on my bed." Oh. Years later, I thought there's probably some drugs involved here. <laughs> at the time. But when you're I 11, thought it you was just yeah. a magnificent <laughs> dream. Yeah. <laughs> And here's a message from our sponsors. Uh, hello, madam. I very much like the look of these shoes. What size are they? Well, one's a seven and one's a nine. Perfect. I'll take them. Looking for a new pair of shoes? Come to The Taming of the Shoe in Stratford. <laughs> the Taming of the Shoe in Stratford. Shoesy and the Bankshees in Bromley. Or Fu Man Shoes in Shanghai. <laughs> Are you a, a taxi or an Uber person or a minicab person? I try not to use Uber too much. Um, I'm kind of an Addison Lee person at the moment. Oh, yeah. I quite like an Addison Lee. Um, it feels just kind of solid. And Do you do, you do which somebody told me that they knew someone that did this, when, they had this habit of whenever they got in a taxi, they'd say, oh, my dad's a taxi driver. Um, and he does that. And where do you... Uh, oh, my dad used to... And they sort of have this thing, they pretend their dad was... Had some sort of, and they thought that they were them getting, you know, more closer to a cheap ride. No, they just, they just, I I don't know, had some connection which they wouldn't have had. Do you do anything like that? Engage them in conversations? Um, I get engaged in conversation, but I think I'd be too nervous to say something like my dad was a taxi driver because then I feel like they'd ask a question about taxis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes when I'm in America, people say, "What do you do?" And I try not to say I'm an actress because then they're obviously like. Nice yeah. people who ask lots of questions. Um, so what do you say instead? Yeah, I haven't nailed it. Sometimes I say I'm just visiting a friend or I say I'm a journalist. But then I feel like journalist is still a bit interesting. Yeah, so... or you or you could say, look, I'm, uh, I'm not allowed to discuss my work. Because <laughs> yeah, then good. it's like, what is what? what she's like, yeah. but, but I think they'll definitely keep asking. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a good idea to do that. I might say I'm a campanologist. What is that then? <laughs> a bell ringer. Oh, is it? Ooh, yeah. that's nice. You know, pick something... Um, but then they'll yeah. say, oh, so what, what are you doing here? Yeah. Bells. <laughs> exactly. where, where are bells? Yeah, what do you exactly. think I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, where, there aren't any bells, bells here. What bells? are you doing? That's yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. We yeah. closed the bell five years ago. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got <laughs> me. Yeah, you're bluffing. You're not. You're not. You're just... Yeah. Yeah. Or you could uh, spin a, a ridiculous yarn, like, say, um, 
yeah, I'm a singer. Here's my um, a bit of my music, and then give him some something which is clearly I don't know Aretha Franklin. Maria Callas or something. Really, yeah. that's not me at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, that actually is me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then they'd quite... shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good way of getting rid of people. That. <laughs> With your uh, acting, which is, I mean, you, I wouldn't say, what's the word, omnipresent? No, mm. but it's great. I keep seeing you, which oh, is great. thank you. Which is great, and it always makes me very happy. Thank you so and much. And I think, I, which is what I think, is like, if you like, if there's an actor and you like what they do, it doesn't matter so much what they're in, it's just you mm. like them, so you, that's yes. why you watch it. Yeah, yeah. What's the best thing you've ever been in? Acting? Yeah. Probably this time with Alan Partridge. The, not the new one, the old one. The new one, yeah. The new yeah, one. Are we funny. in the new one? I've yeah, yeah. seen one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very funny. Yeah, I think that's my but greatest I think it's, achievement. But, and it's really because you, you sort of make him squirm, but yeah. it, and it's like, it's just, but it's just so charming because he, yeah. he never wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's always got it wrong. Yeah. And, he, and you're very, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, understated. Thank you. It's very good. <laughs> it's very, very, very funny, that. Um, yeah. Very uh, charming. Mm, um, it's a lot of fun. Did you hear that? That's a rain beating, beating a yeah. pot. Whoa! It's a very uh, it's comforting sound, isn't it? Yeah. It is a nice sound, yeah. I don't know if you'll when you're indoors. It. It's. I wonder if it's a. It's. Well, it is a lovely sound on the tin roof here. Um, it was. How lovely! It how is calming, nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. yeah. Whoa, lovely rain. <laughs> Have you got any plans for uh, any other particular uh, new um, series that we should be keeping our eyes open for? Um. I've hopefully got a podcast coming soon. Oh, what, on what on the lines of our one, where we just pontificate about nothing we know about at all and just make it up as we go along, but have amazing guests who sort of make up for it. No, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to um, steal your thunder or like, <laughs> steal your idea. Um, but I, I piloted a podcast which is like a fictional podcast where I play myself, but I'm. It's called Fan Mail, and I'm reading out messages in inverted commas from fans and listening to voicemails from my fans. So it's just like and me, do, me being very just arrogant. Do that on your own. Yeah, and then I have comedians playing fans and like sending in messages and me reading out letters from fans. So the idea is me being like, oh, I really want to give back to the people who got me to where I am today. Um, but all of the fans are just weird. Um, you, <laughs> weird you're do that? Yeah, yeah. I think you should do that. I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'd like. We, we would like that very much. Mm. Well, it's been a great pleasure having you on. Thank you. It's raining outside, so <laughs> you will be issued with a paper bag or a plastic bag to put over your head as you Got, stroll home. Thank you so much. And, um, <laughs> and, the, and the top is, I can see that on our motorcycle and sidecar, which we had you collected in, the canvas top is being lifted up and put up. Yeah, either that or you can go downstairs and see the purser and get your bus fare. Yes. Thank you. Lolly, add a faux pet. Well, there goes Lolly in a motorcycle and sidecar. Yes. Being uh, interesting, the motorcycle is being ridden by Kurt Russell. Nobody would have thought that, would they? I didn't even think that till it came out of my mouth. <laughs> this podcast was produced and edited by Molly Stewart. Sound engineers were James Stewart and George Latham. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.